We have a very special um, speaker for the evening. Um, our very own renowned Sunday school teacher, <laughs> Burton Putt Putman. Boy, I tell you, if if I'm not encouraged now, huh? <clears throat> that uh, wanted to get one thing cleared up. Now, Mr. Ramsey, you're in charge of the love offering, correct? Before everybody gets out of here. There you go. There you go. I'll split it with you. How about that? No, it is an honor that uh, Pastor asked me to, to pinch hit for him tonight. I wanted to tell you guys, I, for those that don't know, I work in Nashville now, and it's really difficult for me to get out of there and get home on Wednesday in time to get up here on the hill to the prayer meeting. So I didn't realize how much I missed it until we were in praise and worship. And you guys are incredible, just incredible. We are, do you know how blessed we are to have the talent in this church that the Lord has, has gifted all these individuals with? Um, so I, I'll, I'll tell you, I miss you, and I hope to see you more. Excuse me. <laughs> um, I am an encourager and an exhorter by giftedness. That's what I'm most comfortable. That's what the Lord uh, has gifted me to do. And I hope I'm able to do that through teaching Sunday school and uh, evenings like this. So if, if nothing else, I hope you leave a little more encouraged maybe than you came in. And how could you not, if you were watching the news this morning or throughout the day or before you came while you were eating dinner about what is, has happened in Chile, the miracle that has happened in Chile. When I left, I think there were four left, and everyone is going to be okay. And uh, the Lord has taken care of them. They're giving uh, the ones I heard, were giving the Lord the glory. Uh, the national news was having to acknowledge that they were giving the Lord the glory. Diane Sawyer was a little squirmish about that, but she still did it. Um, so I really see the Lord moving in our world right now, uh, and that is really encouraging to me. And I hope it is to you as well. <clears throat> I want to talk to you a little bit tonight um, about some, some scripture and about some things that are real important to me and to my family. But I want to start by asking you a question. Have you ever found that perfect shirt or that perfect pair of pants or blue jeans? Man, you know what I'm talking about. Or those perfect pair of shoes or sweater. Just think of your favorite garment, and I'm, I'm thinking of a shirt, because I'm real particular about the way shirts feel. Not necessarily how they look, but how they feel. I don't like to itch, and I don't like to get hot, and you know what I'm talking about? I like to feel like I have a sheet wrapped around me in my shirt. Um, the one that fits the best, the one that is just the right color, the one that is the softest material, the one maybe you splurged that one time for, or the one you found at, at Goodwill. Um, on a, a dollar rack, whatever it is, um, you know that garment that I'm talking about, your favorite. Now, if you're like me, sometimes you ignore the instructions on the garment for washing and drying the, that particular garment. Can somebody give me an amen on that? And my wife would tell you that I'm really worse when I help her with the laundry. At, I ignore the directions on her garments much more than I ignore the garment the directions on my garments. But she, she's forgiven me, I think. 
but the, the thing that drives me most crazy is when that shirt that I've looked for and that I just have almost fallen in love with, I don't follow the directions and it shrinks. Has anyone else ever looked at your shirt when it came out of the dryer and it was like that big? It's useless. It's of no value. I don't even know anybody that I can give it to. A man that's that big. I mean, think about it. You can never wear that garment again, and I'm responsible for it. It, It's very frustrating to me when something like that happens and disappointing. The word shrink can mean a variety of things, according to Webster's. And that's what we're going to talk about tonight. Shrink can mean to contract or curl up the body or a part of it, or in other words, cower, C-O-W-E-R. It can also mean to contract to less extent or compass, to become smaller or more compacted, to lose substance or weight, to lessen in value. It does that if it shrinks, right, the shirt? Or another word that you could use would be dwindle. The third definition that I want us to maybe uh, take with us tonight of, of shrink is to recoil instinctively to recoil instinctively as from something painful or horrible. Shrink from a challenge is the example that Webster's gives for this one. To hold oneself back or refrain. So the three words that can also mean shrink, that those definitions are summarized by, are cower, dwindle, or refrain. And as believers, I'm afraid, just like with that favorite shirt or that favorite garment, we also can shrink up, shrink back. And that is not something that the Lord created us to do. We don't necessarily plan to, but sometimes that is our response, especially in response to a trial. And we all know that we go through various trials every day, sometimes every hour of every day, and we will for the rest of our lives. Trials are something that we have in common, all of us. And yet, we still are tempted to shrink back, to dwindle, to cower, or to refrain in response to a trial. But I want us to look at what the Word says about shrinking back. So if you look with me in Hebrews 10, this is one of my favorite scriptures in the New Testament. Hebrews 10, verses 35 through 39. And I'm reading from the NIV translation. Yeah. So do not throw away your confidence. Do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a very little while, he who is coming will come and will not delay. But my righteous one will live by faith. And if he shrinks back, I will not be pleased with him. But we are not of those who shrink back, amen, and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. That bears repeating, I think. But we are not of those who shrink back and are destroyed, but of those who believe and are saved. 
did you know that you can actually throw away your confidence? You can choose to throw it away. Oftentimes, we blame others for, for stealing our confidence or treating us in such a way that they cause us to lose our confidence. But we can throw our confidence away as well. And in fact, this is an all-too-common response for all of us. When we shrink back in response to a trial, we are choosing to throw away that confidence that the Lord, through His Holy Spirit, has anointed us, has given us, has prepared us with, to carry with us for the rest of our lives. <clears throat> Each time we get through a trial, we should be more confident, because of the success of getting through that trial, to face the next trial. And yet, we forget about what he's done in the past and what he's gotten us through, and we shrink back again. Shrinking back is the opposite of persevering, as is discussed in Hebrews 10. Perseverance can mean to stay in the fight. <clears throat> refusing, say that, refusing to give up. You have the power with the Holy Spirit to refuse to give up in your time of trial, no matter the trial. And some of you may not know me well, and that's okay. I don't know you as well as I'd like to. And I don't know your history, and you don't know all of my history. But you may be sitting there thinking, well, he doesn't know what I've gone through. Or he doesn't know what my loved one is going through. Or he doesn't know how bad I'm hurting. Or he doesn't know that I haven't worked in several months or we've lost our insurance or we're losing our home. <clears throat> trials are trials are trials. My trials, I wouldn't wish on anyone. Your trials, I'm sure you wouldn't want to wish on anyone either. My point is, because I've gone through trials, I can understand the trials that you're going through and vice versa. That's what it's about, to be a part of this church and to be a part of the kingdom of God and the family of God. No matter the trial or circumstance, we can refuse to give up. Perseverance also means to remain patient. Not one of my strong points. Amen? It also means to stay persistent and determined. Patience again, is the hardest one for me. But patience, according to the word, is a direct result of perseverance. Getting through those trials. When our kids are now <clears throat> 28 and almost 22, and when they were growing up, especially as teenagers, we kind of had this little thing we said to them, and I'm sure we stole it from somebody else, but, you know, it was just remember who you are and where you come from before they would leave the house. It wasn't always well received when a date was waiting at the door or a group of boys wanting to go out or whatever, but that's what we said. And it, it, Cindy and I came to realize that, you know, we can say that, but what does that mean? Do they know what we mean when we say that? So we sat down as a family and we decided what we meant as we say that. And they would still tell you if they were here tonight that when I leave them or, you know, they're, they're both in Knoxville or when they come home and they're on their way, I often will still say, remember who you are and where you come from. That's nothing about the, the Putmans. That's nothing about Burton and Cindy. That's about who they come from in him. 
and who they come from in you as their church family. In this home, that, that will always be their home. But this not shrinking back thing that I'm, I'm talking about tonight in times of trial, that's exactly what we mean when we say to them, remember who you are and where you come from. We don't, as a family, we chose a long time ago to not shrink back. Does that mean the trial stopped? Um, no, <laughs> they, they haven't. But we chose to face them head on as a family and to not cower down and to not dwindle and to not refrain, but to keep going. No matter what we face, we refuse to give up. And we're just like you. We've faced plenty. Hopefully our children remember that we taught them and the, and the Lord taught them through us that we don't shrink back when pressured by peers to do something we know doesn't edify the body of Christ. Does that mean we don't make mistakes? Of course not. But we make our decisions. If we mess up, it's because we made the decision to mess up, not because someone has pressured us into making, to messing up. We don't shrink back when criticized or excluded by others. That was a big one that we tried to teach our kids. All of us, whether we are excluded or not, or are rejected or not, at one time or another, we're going to think we were, and we're going to feel like we were. And it's okay to feel like that, but that doesn't rule us. That's not going to rule us. And it's also going to affect the way we treat other people. Hopefully. That's who we are and where we come from. We don't shrink back when we're faced with financial issues or sickness or any other thing that Satan has tried to hurl at us. We keep going. Do we succeed in every day living up to the standard that I'm sure the Lord would like for us to live up to and you know, not fail and not feel sorry. Of course not. Of course not. We're human. But it's, it's a conviction and it's a decision and it's a choice that we have made as a family and I encourage you to make with your families as well. We know as a family what James 1.12 says. Again, out of the NIV. Blessed is the man. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Every day, we must persevere through something. Every day. If you don't, we need to come over, you need to fix this dinner, and you need to tell us what your family or your, you are doing at your house. Because we still, even though our attitude has changed and our approach has changed and our response has changed, we still have things that we are dealing with. Every day, we make the decision to keep going. Revelations 3.21 also offers us a very valuable promise. <clears throat> to him that overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. Persevering also means overcoming. And when you persevere, you overcome. That, doesn't that motivate you? Doesn't that make you feel, you know, empowered? To persevere and to overcome, you've got to have faith. And I find it interesting that this scripture is the last, my favorite verse, is the last verse of, of uh, Hebrews 10. 
And then, of course, Hebrews 11 begins. And what is Hebrews 11 all about? Faith. What a great transition. It just moves right into the definition of faith, what faith is, what faith is not. To persevere, we must have faith. Who gives us faith? Somebody. The Lord. Will they give you more if you ask for it? I hope so. Amen. Will they give you more and more and more and more? Do you need more faith on some days than you need on others? Talk to me. Faith is like a muscle. It must be worked and used every single day. Every day. Faith is never sitting still. It's moving. Faith is certainty. A certainty that what you desire for your life and for the lives of those you love, not only will it come, but that it's already come. That it's already happened. If the word says that it's happened, has it happened? Whether we see it yet or not, it has already happened. That's that faith that has to constantly be moving, constantly being worked. Shrinking back is not certainty. In fact, shrinking back is more aligned or more related to uncertainty. A few months ago, I was in the middle of probably the biggest trial that I in my life. Definitely of my adult life, but of my entire life. And I admit to you, very early on, there were days that I shrank. I shrank back quick, very quickly. Um, And when I shrink back, it becomes very disturbing to the one I love the most because I get on the couch and I get up under a blanket and I lay there and I don't get up all day. I hide out. Does anybody else ever hide out? I don't want the phone to ring because I'm not going to answer the phone. I don't like to receive visitors. I didn't want people bringing me food. <laughs> I just, that's, that's my response. My initial response. Then the Lord starts dealing. Uh, and when he deals, he really deals. He made it very clear to me that this faith that I talk about regularly every week of my life and tell others about and encourage others to exercise and to use, it's not something that I'm just going to cast aside. This is just something that we're going to get through. We're going to persevere through. We're going to grow through. He's going to continue to change me through into more of the person that he wants me to be. Faith began to, to work again when I got up, put the blanket away. And if you know anything about me, I'm not a blanket person. Even in the wintertime, you come to my house, I'm not under a blanket, I'm not a sit-arounder, I'm a doer, I'm up, you know, I work till I go to bed, basically. Um, So, put it away, put one foot in front of the other, and I kept going. And slowly every day, as I continue to do that, um, I become more certain that faith continues to grow. Certain that even though I don't feel great at that particular moment, if I keep walking, if I keep going, I stay up off the couch, stay in the Lord's presence, uh, and and have faith in his promises, 
then I feel better soon. Certain that I serve a God who is more than enough. He is more than whatever you're going through. More than any uh, sickness, more than any financial worry, more than any problem with a child that you might be having, more than any relationship problem that you or someone you love is having, more than a job concern, more than it all. He's more than enough. Amen? More than enough. I am certain that Jehovah Jireh is my provider as well as yours. I am certain that Jehovah Rophi is my healer as well as yours. I am certain that Jehovah Rohi is my shepherd as well as yours. I'm sh- and this is one of my favorites. I am certain, and the Lord helped me become certain again, that Jehovah Shalom is my peace. He's, he, he, is the, he provides us and gives us and has offered us a peace that passes all understanding. And I stand before you and tell you that, amen, I am a living proof in the past few months to get that peace back that I chose to cast aside. He, he didn't take it from me, but he's, he's allowed me to experience it again. This, tonight, I just, I just want to encourage you again that we are not of, of those that shrink back. When I tell my children to remember who they are and where they come from, that means you as well. You're my family. You, some of you help teach my children, prepare my children, or examples to my children. Some of you, my children don't know, but my children hear us praying for you. Or we've asked our children to pray for uh, to, to pray for you as well. There's a connection here. There's a great thing going on here. Remember who you are and where you come from. Out there in the community. You know, <clears throat> a lot of people think I'm kind of nuts right now because I took this new job. Uh, it's my dream job. It's what I'd always wanted in my entire career. And I started this new job March the 1st in Nashville. And Cindy and I had all these just wonderful plans for the next few years. And um, so I drive, I commute every day. And, you know, we had intended on maybe staying down there some and not driving every day. But things change, and the Lord has different things in mind. So I start my day every day. I get up at 5 o'clock in the morning, and I leave leave the house at 545. And my day starts with the Lord at that time. Um, and then usually I don't get home until after six. And that's four out of five days. And so I, I started thinking, you know, Lord, am I nuts? You know, I've got things I really need to be concentrating on. Should I just, you know, drop back and punt and go back to where, you know, it was three quarters of a mile from the house. And, and he made it very clear to me that, you know, why do you think you got the job in Nashville to begin with? Because I need to spend time with you. I need to talk to you. I need to to be with you through the next little while. And you wouldn't give me 12 hours a day if you were working three quarters of a mile from your house. But he's got my attention. From 5.45 every morning till 6 o'clock or later every evening. The Lord has great plans for all of us. 
It may not be what you thought the plan was going to be. It may not be what the plan, what I thought the plan was going to be. But I will not forget who I am and where I come from. And I encourage you again, whatever you're facing, keep going. Keep putting one foot in front of the other. If you feel bad, keep going. Make yourself keep going. You will feel better. He's promised it. If you don't know, if you don't have the money to go to the grocery tonight, keep going. Keep going. The Lord will put someone in your path to help take care of you. The Lord has a blessing waiting for you, just like he does for me. Give him the time he needs. Give him the time he wants. Turn everything else off. And give him the time, and you'll be surprised at how he'll reveal himself to you, even in the darkest, or what you think, is the darkest hour. Amen? I want to pray for Caleb. Would you, would you come and lead us and just all come to the altar if you want to and, and hold hands as a family and Caleb's a part of our family. I didn't know he was ill and Cindy told me that. If you would.